Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, last week we kicked off a new series and looking at the concept of running the 100-year hurdles. And um, of course, coming out of the Olympics this year, I had no idea when we laid this series out at the beginning of the year. We knew it was going to dovetail with the Olympics. We didn't know the hurdles were going to be kind of the showcase um, event of the Olympics and that there were just records broken in different hurdle events over and over and over again. And then in the mids four, in the men's 400-meter hurdles, there was just... That it was just record being broken, just in, even in qualifying, and then the the gold medal, the medal match was just insane, and just records were broken, and and it was just uh, amazing ac- across the board, and and this thing to watch these high level athletes not just make a full lap around the track in under 46 seconds, which is crazy. That is super fast, but to do it and jump over stuff at the same time, you know, not just one thing, but jump over a lot of things and do that and never break stride, be able to do that. And it is, it's awe-inspiring. And it's just like these, these people are superhuman and it is just, just amazing. One of these things shows up in my life and man, I just walk around it. I'm like, oh. What is that? What is this little weird fence-looking thing? My dog will get through that. This is a worthless fence. And so it's not something I want to do in an athletic event. It's not something I want to jump over. It's, it's just a weird little thing. But there are people who, that man, they get excited about that. There may be somebody out here who's reliving glory days of high school or college and going, man, I used to jump over that. It was, it was amazing. I, you know, all I see is a broken nose for me. That's it. Like, this, this, I'm going to break something on the other side of this. And so... So, but in life, as we're going to live a full long life and go for, a, go for three digits, man, go for 100 years, if we're going to run the 100-year hurdles, we're going to have to look, for, look down the road and understand and ha- have, a, have a big picture of our life and, ha- and understand that and understand that there's going to be some hurdles. There's going to be. We would love for living a good long life to be just a nice little jog, you know, you get out there, a nice cool fall day, or, you know, and you're just jogging, saying hi to your neighbors and all that stuff, and, and uh, you know, but it's not the case. Um, it's a long distance race, and there's obstacles in the way. There's hurdles that come, and if we're going to be able to, to live this life on this planet, dealing with the situations we've got to deal with, then, then we can do it, and we can do it in a place of faith, we can do it in grace, and we can and actually live in victory after victory. If you've got your bulletin app open, you got your, you've got your little QR code or the paper bulletin you grabbed, we've been launching with this idea that to run the race set before us, uh, there's going to be a few hurdles, uh, but they don't have to slow us down. Uh, we've been grabbing um, in this series our favorite promise of Jesus, all of our favorite promise. Um, in this world, you will have trouble. You know, that's all of our favorite promise of Jesus. We get up this morning, going to quote a scripture, in this world, I'm going to have trouble. Jesus promised it. Uh, no, we, that's not our favorite promise from Jesus. And praise God, that's not the end of it. Um, but it's the truth. In this world, we will have trouble. Jesus did not soft sell his disciples. 
He didn't say, hey, come to me, everybody, and I'll make your life smooth as glass. Everything's going to be easy. Everything's going to be trouble-free. Follow me and, and step into a life of just ease and no issues. No, he let his disciples know. He's here when his last powwow with them before going to the cross. They're in the upper room, and he says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. He's overcome it. That is the, why we can be excited as believers, not freaked out about the, the days, the years, the decades ahead of us. Because we have a victor who has already overcome. We looked last week that, that we overcome because he overcame. As we look to live in a full life, this is has, for you and I as, as Christ followers, this is a central piece of this. That, yeah, we're going to have trouble, but we don't have to be freaked out by trouble. We don't have to be blindsided by trouble. It doesn't have to wreck our days. But in him, we can overcome because he overcame. And then the, the writer of Hebrews we looked at last week reminds us to run the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He got this thing started, and guess what? Jesus isn't sitting here and then handing the baton off and said, I've done it, now uh, go, and, go and be as awesome as me. No, he's the one who has won the victory. He's just invited us into his victory. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to go about living and running the 100-year hurdles? How are we actually going to do this? And the truth is, is that trusting God with all our days helps us to live in grace today. Understanding that that 100 years is going to come not a decade at a moment that you have to deal with, not a year at a moment, not a month at a moment, not a week at a moment. It's going to come moment by moment. You've got to live day by day. They're going to, it's going to come at us just like the hurdles coming at us in nice regular intervals. We have to sit there and understand, yes, to be able to live this out, what we have to do is get good at trusting God today. Because guess what? The next set of hurdles, they're going to show up on a day called today. And if we'll get good at trusting God today, we can handle anything that comes our way. And so Hebrews 13, verse 6 says, So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm so grateful that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, your phone, um, it periodically gives you that annoying thing. You know, you're just in the middle of doing something great, and then it tells you that you need an update, you know. And then you go, okay, I'm going to do this quick update. And then it like takes like a week, you know. And then you're, you're like, you keep coming back to it, and it's like still updating. And then you update it, and then all your apps need updating because they don't integrate with that new software. And you're like, I hate, up, I hate updating, you know. And so, and then, but you know, but it's new and improved, and it's developed, and it's got better, and all of these different things. And there are just this, these new updates that, are the, are, that come along. 
Well, guess what? Your Bible was written a long time ago, and it's not needed any updates. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are people who say, why in 2021 are we reading a book that is millenniums old? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The miracles, the Jesus that lived and walked, that power is still at work all of these years later. We don't need an update. We don't need it to be changed. We don't need it to be morphed. We need to understand what he did, who he was, and what he's accomplished because that will change today. It is still relevant. That's why we're reading these scriptures. That's why we're doing this. Not to have a history lesson, but to see what God has done in the past and understand what he wants to do in our lives today. That is the heart of this. This is why it is alive. It is living word. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we understand what he accomplished yesterday, we can walk with him today and trust him forever. We, this has this long-lasting implications in our lives. And here's this little thing that, because uh, we're going to be talking about this concept of tomorrow um, and dealing with tomorrow's hurdles. And, and the truth is, is Brandon Clark um, was writing this, was the writer of Hebrews and just doing it the Brandon Clark way. Um, I probably would have said Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Well, that's because that's what we think about. We think about yesterday, we think about today, and we think about tomorrow. Um, but I'm so thankful that that doesn't say yesterday, today, and tomorrow, um, we tend to use forever and tomorrow, the future and tomorrow kind of interchangeably. Um, we, we have this thing, you know, you go to Disneyland and, and you go to Tomorrowland and that was supposed to be this, uh, this concept of what the future is going to look like and, and these things that, you know, that tomorrow has all of this promise and Annie, you know, from the old movie singing, tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow. And just it has this tomorrow as all of this, this idea of this full of promise, okay? But the truth is, is that tomorrow and the future, tomorrow and this, this concept of never ending, tomorrow forever, they're not the same thing. And we have to be aware of that in dealing with, this, with the scriptures because there's this place where, where we need to understand that he is the God yesterday, today, and forever. And Joe's Crab Shack taught us that tomorrow and forever are not the same thing. Because you go to Joe's Crab Shack, I like a good, like crab. They're not necessarily the best crab, but they've, they've got some crab there. It's the Crab Shack. And so, so I like there. We go in there, have some crab. And on the outside, man, it has this amazing thing at every restaurant. And it says two of the best words ever, free crab. It's awesome. The problem, there's a third word, tomorrow. Free crab tomorrow. And I'm like, ah! this is terrible for the free crabs tomorrow when I'm here today. And oh man, so we'll go tomorrow. And then we go tomorrow and free crab tomorrow. This just isn't working. But what if it totally be different? The marketers would have got in a lot of trouble if they wrote free crab forever. They got a lot of trouble for that one. That one hits different. That one hits everybody's pocketbook different, and I'd probably be at Joe's Crab Shack right now. Somebody else would be preaching. 
And so, because this is different when we understand that he is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He is perpetually with us. He is accessed with us today and never takes a break. It's not God saying, I'm going to handle that tomorrow. He says, I'm going to handle that forever. He's not, I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. I'm going to deal with it forever. I'm not going to love you tomorrow. I'm going to love you forever. You don't have grace tomorrow. You have grace forever. He is the same yesterday and today. And as soon as we embrace today, we step into his forever. And we need to understand it is seamless. That is why we can trust him without a break, without a worry, without a concern. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All right? First off, right now, okay? Those of us who kind of grew up in the, in the concept of, of what, uh, been in this a long time, the, the word of faith movement or, or understand the teachings on faith, okay? We can immediately feel defeated. If you understand this thing of living by faith and doing things by faith, you can immediately feel defeated if a little bit of anxiety shows up. You're like, oh, I'm already beat. I should, if I was living in faith, I wouldn't have this anxiety at all. I'm already, I'm already whooped. I'm already beat. No, the scriptures recognize that anxiety is going to show up sometimes. That's why it tells us what to do with it. You're not defeated if a little anxiety showed up in your life. Give yourself a break, okay? Chill out, all right? It's going to show up. Those things are going to happen. Here's what you just need to make sure you do with it, and that's casting all our anxiety on him because he cares for us. Not because what kind of faith person is that? You shouldn't have anxiety. Nope. It's casting our anxiety because he cares, because he loves. That's what we're trusting to begin with. We're trusting that he loves. We're trusting that he's active. We're trusting that he's merciful. We're trusting that he's full of grace. That's what we're trusting all along. James chapter 4, verse 13 says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, maybe, maybe, we'll go to this that this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make some money. Somehow the concerns about tom tomorrow always have an element of money in it. Um, why do you not, why do you not even know what tomorrow, ah, what will happen tomorrow? This is, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this and do that. That one little phrase, if it's the Lord's will. It's not this idea that, okay, God's will is just going to happen and I don't have to actively walk in faith. Guess what? It's God's will that none should perish, okay? That's God's will. But there are those who, according to the scriptures, they're, they're perishing. So... This concept that it's just God's will, well, then it's just going to happen. No, we've got to, act, we got to get a hold of what God has said. His promises live by faith, okay? But what this does, this, uh, this concept of if it's the Lord's will, then what that does is it brings God into the middle of it. So many times we begin to make plans and forget to include God. 
We forget to think about him, forget to include him, forget to do that. We immediately can begin to get into all sorts of anxiety and get and create hurdles by not involving God in the fullness of our lives and especially in our forward-looking life. See, we create unnecessary hurdles by misusing tomorrow in two different ways, okay? We create tension. We, we, we create this place of pressure in the ways that tension and pressure are created in pulling and pushing. You want to create some pressure with your neighbor, you would pull on their arm or push them away. Don't do it. And so, but that, those are the way that pressure is made. It's pushing and pulling, okay? So what can happen is, is immediately... Um, we can look at and create this, these problems in our lives when by pulling tomorrow's hurdles into today, okay? Somebody's going to go and they were going to run the hurdles and they'd come along and run this one and then it was time for them and I realized these are for the stage. You, you can't quite jump them like this. And so, uh, but it'd say, you know what? Um, I'd just like to get some of these hurdles over with. Let's just go ahead and Let's just bring them all up and let's just jump a bunch of them over at once. Let's just pull the, these future hurdles. I just, wanna, I just wanna get some of this just dealt with and begin to pull tomorrow's hurdles into today, okay? It's obvious that trying to deal with and worry and bring anxiety about tomorrow into today is going to complicate dealing with this one. There's grace for today. And as soon as we drag the hurdles of tomorrow into today, we have complicated the hurdles for today. We've now made them almost insurmountable. And some things, if you would just, your anxiety level would go down if you would say, you know what, God's got uh, tomorrow, God's got the next day, God's got the next day, I'm going to deal with today. Ah. <gasps> There's a hurdle, but I think I can deal with it. I think by grace, I can deal with this one. And all of a sudden, by letting things be where they ought to be, tomorrow's hurdles tomorrow, the future hurdles in the future, and letting God deal with today, today, all of a sudden, just things begin to just go, maybe this is doable. Maybe we can walk this out. Maybe this isn't as big of a challenge as I thought as this was gonna be. As soon as we begin to pull Tomorrow's hurdles, and today we complicate today's hurdles. Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, guess what? Uh, tomorrow, the future, there's hurdles there too. They're there. Okay? And so Jesus is telling his disciples... Just leave those alone. Trust God today. Trust God today. If you've been in this thing of, of being a Christ follower for a while, a child of God for a while, um, you're familiar with, um, with the people of Israel coming out of Egypt, okay? If you're new to this, this may be a new story for you, okay? Uh, but the people of Israel were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Uh, and 30 years, and by a series of miracles, um, they were able to come out of Egypt, and um, 
then they were an entire nation that had no land and they wandered around in the um, they wandered around in, in the desert. Um, well, guess what? When you have millions of people in the desert, um, there's not enough stripes on the corner um, to take care of everybody's needs. Um, can't get enough of those Laredo tacos for a few million people. And so as they're traveling around, um, they need to eat. They don't have land to farm. They don't have all that kind of stuff. And God does this incredible thing for the people of Israel for 40 years. For 40 years, he does this incredible thing. And every morning when they would wake up, the land where they were at had this stuff that was like coriander seed. It was this real tiny little flaky stuff. Um, and then in the, we understand it from the word they called it, which was manna, um, which sounds kind of like a cool Bible thing. Yeah, they got to eat manna. Um, but that literally means, what is it? And every day, and they never changed the name of it. For 40 years, they were still like, what is it? I don't know, but it's kind of tasty. That's all we got. And so they, they ate it. They ate this manna that miraculously showed up every day, except the Sabbath day, and ate it. Now, they were instructed to go out and gather this certain amount uh, for each person and said, don't gather extra um, because guess what? There's going to be some more tomorrow. Well, you know what? You got a few million people out there. There's always, you know, that little, those little handful of freak out people are like, yeah, this was pretty cool, but I don't know if God's going to do it again. I'm going to get a little extra. And so they go and they pile in a little extra. Well, guess what? Overnight, when the new manna was going to be showing up, the old manna got rancid overnight. It stunk. It had worms. It was nasty. It was inedible, okay? And for 40 years, God was teaching the people of Israel that their role was to trust him every day to trust him every day. It was part of their heritage. It was part of what this looks like to live by faith. This was this principle that was established in them and handed down from generation to generation. And guess what? Even for us, Jesus taught us as New Testament faithful believers to pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day. We, that has never changed to be able to live trusting God for our regular necessities for life every day, every day. The day before the Sabbath, they were allowed to carry, gather double. It didn't go rancid until the new day of the new week. And then they were able to, um, to move forward, but they, were, they understood this. Now I'm gonna give you something and, and, and I, I get this, that this is a little cheesy, but I think it's gonna help you, all right? Is that the, our concerns with tomorrow and dealing with and bringing, dragging all of these hurdles of the future into and complicating today, it begins with this word might. Well, this might happen. And that might happen. Ah, man, that might happen. That might happen. That might happen. And we get all of these mites, and the more mites we put into the future, the mightier it gets. 
the more mites we put, the mightier it gets. The weight of it, the, 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 its strength begins to weigh us down and to choke. And trusting God with today lets us destroy the mightiness of tomorrow. And that's where God wants us to live. He wants us to live trusting him today, walking today out by faith, staying connected with him, understanding that he is with us and destroying the mightiness of tomorrow. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or your body, what you will wear. For, it, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? He's like, why? Why are you being wound up into it? Do you not realize you're more valuable to God than the birds? And when it gets down to it, that begins to be the core question of all of our places of trusting God, is whether or not we believe we're really that valuable to him. And that's why around here we talk about the love of God so much. Because understanding the depth of the love of God begins to deal with every area of our lives. It begins to transform everything. When you understand how loved you are, then you can let him have your tomorrows. Then you can let him have all of those different things because the God of the universe is active in your life. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have hurdles. It means that when hurdles show up, you don't go, God, where are you? I thought you loved me. No, come on, I love you, and I'm going to help you soar over this hurdle. This is cool. You're going to want to put it on TikTok. This is going to be amazing. This is going to be the coolest hurdle jump ever. Who tells a story about their favorite nap? Nobody tells stories about their favorite nap. All the stories you tell are about hurdles. Every one of them, they're about hurdles. Nobody tells about just the peaceful thing. We want a peaceful life, but we don't talk about it. Because there's those moments where the grace of God shows up. We got some of our, a couple of our men who are, who are right now to walk to Emmaus right at this minute. And they'll have heard a series of little talks, a series of things. And as these men who aren't, most of them are not ministers, are sharing about the grace of God at work in their lives. As those men are sharing time and time again what they're sharing are about the hurdles that the grace of God helped them get over in their lives. Over and over and over again. Folks, th those are places where they go, I know God loves me because his grace helped me over these hurdles. The enemy would say, if God loved you, there wouldn't be hurdles. And God said, there's an enemy that throws them at you, but I'm gonna get you, get you over them. We have to understand how this thing functions in our lives. Proverbs 13.22 says, oh, going back on this place where it says, you know, the birds, you know, you don't store up. They don't put a bunch of stuff away. Um, and so don't you know God trusts you? Does that mean we're supposed to just consume everything we can get our hands on immediately and, and not have barns and not have storehouses and not have all that? 
No, no, no. He just says, you know what? We don't have to do it because we're being afraid of tomorrow. We can do all of those things with a different perspective. Proverbs 13.22 says, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. How do you leave an inheritance for your children's children if you haven't put some things in storehouses and barns? Today's it's bank accounts and that kind of stuff. But then it was storehouses and barns, okay? How are you going to do that? Well, it's not that storehouses and barns are evil. It's why are you putting it in there? Are you putting it in there because you're afraid that God's not going to take care of you? That's messed up. But are you putting it in there because you care about the future? You care about the generations ahead? You care because, because you know that you've been equipped to make a difference in people you haven't even met, you haven't even talked to yet? That all of a sudden that there can be a people on the earth who understand that God is for them, God is with them, and are resourced to carry the gospel everywhere it needs to be carried? That's a different mentality about storehouses and the future. All of a sudden, if it's, if it's to your children's children, this isn't about tomorrow. This is about multiple generations ahead. This is about forever. It's not a tomorrow mindset. It's a forever mindset. The next thing that happens is that we don't just pull the hurdles into tomorrow. A lot of us, I'm with you on it, some things. We push hurdles into tomorrow. We take today's hurdles and go, I don't feel like it. And we push it into tomorrow. We're not grabbing tomorrow's hurdles and dragging them into today. We're pushing today's hurdles and sticking them into tomorrow. Here's the problem. Um, you don't know tomorrow's hurdles yet. Um, and we've all had this thing where we kind of procrastinated on something, thinking we had plenty of time tomorrow. Um, and then all of a sudden tomorrow comes and we don't have plenty of time. And now we've complicated tomorrow because we loafed off yesterday instead of dealing with the hurdle we should have dealt with yesterday. We pushed it and then now we're having a hard time getting over tomorrow's hurdles because we're still dragging in today's hurdles. We're still dragging them forward. We complicate it. That is why to be diligent to be able to walk this out. We have to be walk in today, deal with today's hurdles today. Proverbs 3, 27 says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. When it's already right there, don't push it into tomorrow. There is a, a, a great story out of Exodus. And the, one of the chain of events that helped the, the Israelites get free and enjoy the manna for that period of time was that there were some plagues that hit Egypt. And the, the second plague was the plague of frogs, okay? I, I don't know about you, but have you been wondering if we we're like on borderline plague of grasshoppers around here? Am I the only one who's like, you know, Keenan joked, he's like, I'm going to put some blood over my doorpost, I think. I'm going to get on the, I'm gonna get on the front side of this. And, uh, and so, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, no, but this the plague was like, it was bad. I mean, the, the, this is just grasshoppers. There's a, there's a plague. I mean, they, they showed up. And one of these plagues was frogs, okay? And just the Nile River um, just had a 
ton of frogs, and these frogs were getting everywhere. And it says that the frogs were getting into the kneading bowls, which was like your pots and pans. And so, you know, somebody's trying to make dinner and a frog gets in the middle of it. Um, and then there's just frogs everywhere. There's frogs in their house. There's frogs in just place all over the place. And, and then they're just, they're croaking. They're nasty. They're slimy. They're just everywhere. And, and the entire population of Egypt, they're sick of the frogs. They're done with the frogs. And Pharaoh's like, all right, fine, please make the frogs go away. And we catch up in verse 8. And Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, pray to the Lord <clears throat> to make or to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go offer sacrifices to the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs except for those that remain in the Nile. I leave to you the honor of sending we're telling when, if you're in a plague of frogs, um, when do you want the frogs gone? When do you want them gone? I want them gone now. If you're dealing with this, when do you want the frogs gone? You want them gone right now. You want them gone right now, but guess what? Brilliant old leader of the world, Pharaoh, says, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said. It'll be as you say. So you may know there is no one like the Lord our God. Pharaoh chose one more night with frogs. He could have been gone anytime. He didn't have to deal with this. His people didn't have to deal with this. He could have chose any time for it to be gone and he chose one more night with the frogs. Here's the truth is that the scriptures tell us that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God wants to work in our lives. And Jesus has already accomplished it. It's already completed. Today's the day of salvation. He wants to deal with every issue of our life. He wants to bring life into every issue of our life. Why do you and I, why are we so good at looking at Pharaoh and saying, why are you pushing off tomorrow what you could have and the relief you could have today? When the question we need to ask ourselves is why are there things we were pushing off into some tomorrow when God wants to do something pretty amazing in our lives, when his salvation is for today, when what he, his restoration is for today, him want to deal with those different things. What have we pushed and said, I'm not quite ready to deal with that. See this place where the scriptures say that, that don't tell your neighbor that, you know what, um, go away and I will deal with it tomorrow. Most of us don't have to give our neighbor, you know, something we borrowed. But most of us have somebody in our life we owe something to. There's a place where we owe a, a thank you. And how many of us have sat in a funeral setting wishing we would have told that person thank you a little more? 
that we pushed off until tomorrow what we could have given today? How many of us have decided and waited on that? How many of us have pushed off until tomorrow a place where an apology is owed and we still feel awkward about it and we still feel strange about it and we don't know how we're gonna quite start up the conversation and we keep pushing that off until tomorrow. How many of us have these spaces in our lives where God's grace wants to come in and transform the environment right now and in our hearts we go, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. I'll deal one more night with the awkwardness. I'll deal one more night with the resentment. I'll deal one more night with the thing. How many married couples have sat there in that king-size bed and rolled to their edges and you could have stuck a full-size mattress in between you on a king-size bed. And you're like, maybe we'll apologize tomorrow. Maybe we'll fix it tomorrow. The scripture says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Go ahead and deal with these issues right now. In fact, Ephesians 4, 26 says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Part of the reason sometimes we're having a hard time running the 100-year hurdles and getting over some of the stuff is because we're letting the devil hold our foot. How are you going to jump over some of the things in your life if you're letting the devil hold your foot? In our anger, we've given the devil a foothold. We just let him in. We've given it to him. It says you've given the devil a foothold. He didn't take it in your unwillingness to deal with your anger. You have given him a foothold. You're like, why can I cannot get over this thing? Well, maybe there's something you need, some conversation you need to have. Maybe there's some place of anger you need to handle. Maybe there's some place of forgiveness you need to walk through. Maybe there's some sort of place of resentment that needs to be handled because you've given the devil a foothold. No wonder we stumble at so many hurdles because we're letting the devil hold our foot. He's holding us back. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, For God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Our bottom line today is this, that God, today, God wants you to get over a hurdle in your life. There's a hurdle that the Holy Spirit is wanting to deal with today today. Let's not push it out till tomorrow. Not drag something from the future. Deal with something today. And allow the Holy Spirit to begin to move and to minister and to help you. Tomorrow has enough issues of its own. It's not here yet. God's grace will be there. But today, God's grace is here today. Today's the day of salvation. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.